Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, a wild welcome back Wednesday, I guess you could say, September 2nd. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, don't, and don't feel as if you have to, uh, you can uh, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. You can also check out the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Built Bar. Remember to go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Be sure to do that. Built Bars are very tasty and yummy. And um, today's episode, as promised, as prophesized, is my chat with Mr. Brent McGuire, the new host of Locked On Angels. And it was just a, a pleasant little chat. And originally, I thought I was going to split this up into two, but I decided because it wasn't super lengthy that I figured, you know what, let me just give it all to you guys right now. I'll give you a brand new recap of tonight's game tomorrow. Why not? Why not? Because this one's a little bit out of date just because we recorded over the weekend, so we talk a little bit about the trade deadline stuff. But for example, the Mike Clevenger trade hadn't happened, and uh, some things with the Angels hadn't happened and whatnot, so uh, just be aware of that. But otherwise, it was really cool. I talk about the Padres for the first half, basically. Uh, This is uh, first aired on... Brent's show, so he kind of interviewed me, and then I asked him questions about the uh, Angels of the second half. Really, really cool, really fun, and man, guys, it's just... Following this team is so much fun, and the Angels, let me tell you guys, just like uh, I was talking about with Jenna, that is also kind of a depressing team in a lot of ways, uh, and we dive kind of deep into why, and we ask the big old Mike Trout question. You know what I mean? What is the Mike Trout question? Well, you'll just have to tune in to find out, guys. So without further ado, let's go! All right, I'm super excited to be joined by Javier Reyes, host of the Locked On Padres podcast. Javier, how you doing? I'm doing uh, fantastic, sir, and welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, matey. <laughs> Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, you're covering the Padres right now, which is, uh, that's really exciting. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we kind of talked about this right before we came on. It's like, you know, the Padres are probably my most watched team beyond the angels and that's something i've Mm -hmm. never said before and it's it's a really exciting time so let's kind of just dive into this let's do it man let's do it let's do it they're i arguably the most exciting team right now Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, it's not just the one loss record it's not just the fact that they have fernando tatis jr it's everything the slam diego thing the 3-0 grand (laughs) slam controversy (laughs) all of that stuff it seems like there was that pivotal moment a couple of weeks ago when yeah. all that happened and the entire like baseball community was like, all right, we're going to come and defend the Padres. And then they proceeded to hit grand slams in four consecutive games. Yeah. They had walk off home runs, late inning heroics, you know, all of this crazy stuff. My question is like, what has it been like watching the Padres this year? What it's been like is me being very, sl- I should say the whole time I've been thinking this, but a lot of lately I've been like, I am really lucky that this is the year I'm covering the Padres because they haven't made the playoffs in 15 years. The last time they were even remotely good was 2010. And that was when they choked and lost the playoffs at the end. It was a big story in sports. I remember Uh, the giants came back and that whole thing. So I'm definitely very lucky to not have been a fan for one of the team for as long as many others are to the point where they remember the dark days of Seth Smith being the best player on the team, you know what I mean? Who I got some love for. Uh, 
and I get to see them. I get to see Fernando Tatis Jr. basically instead. And I get to see Machado, who is playing like uh, his Baltimore days, uh, especially. He has his defenses a little bit. He's made some weird mistakes, but the, the offense, I mean, he's just been an absolute murderer lately to the point where I'm, it's, it's every time someone does bad on this team, Brent, every time someone's like hitting their little cold spell, someone else steps up. And I think that that's what's so exciting is that literally everybody on the team from Cronenworth being the ultimate, is this guy Ben Zobrist? Like that's, that's just the question we're at right now that I never would have expected. And Hosmer is embracing launch angle, right? And Will Myers, I don't even know if it's necessarily there's statistical evidence that's showing why he's been better this year, but some people are saying maybe he's just more comfortable not being the number one guy on the team, which is crazy to think about, right? Like this was their star player basically for like three or so years um, after they, he came over the trade in Tampa. So it's just been one of those teams that's uh, I can't complain. Even when they lose part of me is like, they've still had like such a memorable uh, slew of games and now they're making trades too. So Clearly the front office thinks that this is a special team too. Yeah. I mean, you kind of touched on some of the other players that like you said, it's not just Tatis. It's not yeah. just Machado. I mean, Jake Cronenworth was kind of just like, felt like a throw in in that trade during the off season. And he has been incredible. I mean, Oh my God. Across the whole roster. I mean, oh you mentioned God. Myers, you mentioned Hosmer. Mm-hmm. Nelson Lamette has been awesome. Yeah. Looks mm-hmm. really good. Like, Garrett Richards, maybe the results aren't there yet, but he looks kind of like how he did in the, yeah. his Angels He had his days. first bad start the other day against Colorado. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, yeah. And it's like, you know, their bullpen was supposed to be one of their biggest strengths, and that's been kind yeah. of a struggle so far. And, like, if oh, they yeah. turn it around, I mean, that team is going to be unstoppable. Uh, so that kind of, mm-hmm. like, this all leads me to my next question about watching the Padres this year. And obviously external circumstances have made this a very weird season. And, like, the first time – the Padres have been like arguably the most exciting team in baseball. Their mm-hmm. fans can't go to the stadium to watch it. So my question yeah. is like, what is that? Like, what's that like? Like, what is it? I guess, you know, for the fans that have waited so long for this really good Padres team to not be there. I was just the other day I was envisioning what the atmosphere would have been like yeah. during that week where they had all the grand slams and the, yeah, the controversy yeah. and like all that kind of stuff. It's one of those things where I think it's if there's there's roses and thorns, positive and negatives, right? Because on the positive, it's like, well, at least we know in a shortened season, there's more of like a, a concrete feel that they are definitely uh, one of the contending teams as of now. While if it was a longer season, people would be like, oh, just wait for them to blow it. So you do have that kind of on your side. And just this, it's something to do. It's, it's like, yeah, you don't get to quite be as part of them, I feel like. You're not going to have the stadiums and stuff like that, but it's like, if you're a Padres fan, what else are you doing? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like at least all the focus can kind of be put there, right? And the negative, like you said, is, yeah, it's like, go figure the one year the Padres are, like, elite. They have all the – even the national spotlight is on them with, like, you, you brought up with the Tatis 3-0 um, and, just, and just how good they've been. So on part of it, you're like, oh, of course it's a shortened season and a season where nobody could actually go to the ballpark. But – I just am taking the results and I'm, you know, this does sound like someone who's a fan of the teams that do that happens to be doing well right now, where it's like, eh, it still counts to me, man. I'm not going to look at this and be like, Oh, it was small sample size. Did it count? It's like, no, bottom line is everybody else had the same rules heading into the season as, as we did. So uh, it's definitely been exciting, but yeah, the, I can see why people would be a little bit thrown off, but, but thankfully um, it's, it's, I don't really see, I don't even know, man. Like, it's just, <sighs> you know, like, I don't, it's really hard to, because I'm also a fan of the Chargers, right? Uh, 
And the Chargers are another one of those teams. They're not like the Padres in the sense that they've been, you know, uh, abysmal, borderline like Browns area of like just mediocre year after year. But that feeling of disappointment and that feeling of they've never won a, a Super Bowl in this case, right? Uh, and the fact that for once, it's like the Padres are evidence of why you still root for teams that haven't done it in a while. You know what I mean? Because when it they finally clicks, it is, I promise you, infinitely more satisfying than being a fan of some other team that you aren't really attached to all that much. Uh, it's just, so when that, when that day comes for the Chargers, for example, I'm going to be just as excited as I am now. Yeah. And I think what's crazy about the whole Padres thing is like, we could all see this time coming. We saw the farm system and like all these prospects they were hoarding and like, you could see yeah. like, okay, this was going to be a really good team at some point, but it all happened so quickly. Like they weren't mm-hmm. good last year. And all of a sudden this year, like everything has clicked. But mm-hmm. I mean, the guy leading the way is Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, everything yeah. about him is exciting. And I, I'm saying this from someone who has watched Mike Trout since his first day mm-hmm. in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the most exciting player in the game right now. Without you could, a doubt. You could argue that as of right now, you would only want Trout or Mookie Betts over Fernando Tatis Jr. right now, which is nuts. Um, he's made some errors lately, but like for me, just looking at it from afar, I was like, all right, his defense is good from last year, but also I was one of those people that was like, I remember at Lockdown, there was this fantasy focus minute where we would highlight a fantasy player, right, or whatnot, and I was like, maybe don't draft Tatis. And now everyone would think, delete that footage <laughs> um, of me saying that, where basically I was like, look, strikeout rate was through the roof last year. He had a big whiff percentage. But the strikeout rate is still there, but his whiff percentage is, like, way down. I think it's down to, like, 10%, where versus last year it was much, much, much higher. Um, and he also hasn't been making the errors defensively that I did last year. And oddly enough, which is what's so funny about him, is it's not errors, like, fielding a play and it's a grounder. It's, it's like him making the throw to first base when it's a routine play. It's like he loses – it's like it's not exciting enough for him, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. He yeah. would make the – he'll make the insane – you know, traveling all the way to left field, that diving catch that he made where he had to jump or it should be the new MLB logo. Like he'll make that, but then he'll just be grounded and throw like this and throw it completely off ground. So he's very weird in that aspect. It's, it almost makes me think that he's like, oh, this isn't exciting enough. So I feel like I don't have to try or whatever. But in general, he's he's shown that last year. It was like, oh no, it wasn't a small, it wasn't the sample size thing. He's just that good. Yeah, it's it's not even just like how good he is at such a young age. It's, it's everything else. I mean, the guy is like, on ESPN covers. Um, mm-hmm. I've been listening to the tipping pitches and Cespedes family barbecue podcast recently. And they <laughs> yeah, were like yeah, trying yeah. to find Fernando Tatis yeah. jerseys and they couldn't find it. Cause they were like yeah. sold out. So you couldn't even buy this guy's Jersey for a while. And yeah. I think it kind of just speaks to like how good this guy is. And I think you mentioned it like trout and Mookie might be the only better players yeah. as of right now. It but really if, you, might like, be. if you include like the contract and the age and everything, Tatis mm. might be like the most, valuable player in the sport yeah he's just he's so good it's like almost like a um like i know bill simmons used to do the like the the trade column where he would talk about like who are the most untouchable players in the game right tatis might be number one in that not just not necessarily because he's the best but just because young age and the contract stuff it's like i don't actually i would love to know what a trade would be i actually don't want to know if i don't want to put the vibes out there but it's like you would have to give up so much to get this guy um, you need to go like every top prospect and like three all-stars to get this guy right now. Like that's, that's his asking price right now. And it's deserved. And he's been probably the MVP of the national league for a team that 
is hoping to go even farther. And I'm, I'm optimistic, especially after the trades uh, we're recording right now. They just traded for Mitch Moreland of the, the Boston Red Sox. And then yesterday they traded for Trevor Rosenthal. So Preller, he is wheeling and dealing. And I like AJ Preller. I know he's missed some. Uh, I feel like I, I might've talked to this uh, to Taylor about this actually too, where it's like, he's had some misses um, in terms of maybe shouldn't have given Hosmer that big contract. Myers probably shouldn't have done that either. You did give up Trey Turner for, for Myers in the Myers trade, but you did the James Shield thing. You got Tatis, and it just seems like he's managed to, no matter what misses he's had, he's equally bounced back with, uh, with just spot-on moves, I think. And the fact that he's buying at the trade deadline shows you, like, this guy is never relaxing. He's definitely one of those. He's Billy Bean and Moneyball, like, when they're in, like, first place, and he's, like, they're freaking out to get this, uh, like, Garcia or whoever it was that they were trying to get, who didn't even end up doing well for the A's that year, but just freaking out and trying to improve the team. Uh, it's just really exciting that he's, he sees, too that uh what all the fancy which is this is a team that um it's uh conceivable that they could uh go pretty far this year yeah padres are super fun uh javier thanks for coming on and talking about the padres I mean, this yeah. is, uh, it's, it's a fun time to be watching a team that just hasn't been all that good for a long time so yeah all right break time everybody let me just talk to you about the um nom, 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 nice thing that is uh food but specifically, I want to talk to you about, you know, when you need that, that those groceries delivered to you, maybe they're, maybe it's food, maybe it's food, maybe it's that nice little breakfast burrito, whatever, at whatever time it is, right? I want to talk to you about how you get those things and how do you get them? You Postmate them, right? Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores and traditional retailers even you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Crazy, right? You don't even have to know where it is. You don't even, know. Don't even bother looking it up. Postmates has you covered. They will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. Slipping so up. Listen up. Here's the here's the laydown right now. Now I'm going to tell you about a great deal. All right. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Sounds pretty good, right? To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code locked on that's code locked on for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the postmates app anything you need anytime you need it postmate it and that's not all guys I want to talk to you about another thing that's very important now here's the thing as someone who is a a graduate a recent graduate not recent graduate within like a couple months but let me tell you uh Job market, it could be a little bit tough sometimes, especially in 2020, but that doesn't mean you, you stop searching. That doesn't mean you start you stop trying to hire, for example. You know, It is super important to have the best app that can help you make those decisions and find new jobs and whatnot. So let's talk about Indeed. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast, right? Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. That's quite a lot, isn't it? So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more 
more quality candidates will see it real, real fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Crazy, right? So go right now to Indeed.com slash MLB. Uh, terms and conditions apply and offer is valid through September 30th. Remember, that is Indeed.com slash MLB. All right, man. So let's talk some angel stuff. Uh, I got some questions for you now, sir. So first question is, what the heck, man? <laughs> Just like, so this is a team, and I think there's been some some good coverage out there where people are talking about there hasn't been a team that's swung for so many free agents that is as bad as the Angels, you know what I mean? So it starts with, basically, I feel like the this Angels eh, era kind of starts with the, the Albert Pujol signing, and then you have Mike Trout, and then you have Josh Hamilton, right? It's like, oh, my God, this is the – 27 Yankees murders row obviously doesn't turn out that way. And for it's like for every good like signing the angels seem to have, there's always an equally bad not signing or just flaw to the team that keeps them from going. So it's this year. It's like Anthony Rendon, very good at baseball, very good at baseball. (laughs) Um, But then it's like, Oh, Shohei Otani can't pitch at all. You know what I mean? So what's kind of the, the view, the what's kind of the current perspective on the angels and, just like where do they go from here? Because they're clearly not uh, at this rate. It would take a miracle for them to uh, turn around into being contenders. Yeah, I mean, this is the million dollar question. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be receptive to the fact that this is a really weird season, and we're also still dealing with a smaller sample. But at the same time, a lot of the same issues are there. The pitching has not been very good. The depth across the roster has been good. It's kind of that stars and scrubs approach where you have Trout and Rendon and David Fletcher and Angelton Simmons, like all these guys that are good baseball players, but you look at the bottom of the roster and some of the guys who are dragging them down and that's where the problems are at. And like, as far as what they do from here, it's, it's a difficult question to answer because angels GM Billy Epler had this plan when he came on board in 2015, it was, he was going to slowly build the farm system. He was going to try to keep the team competitive and he basically slowly worked his way up to this point. And this was supposed to be the time where they were good. This was supposed to be that time where they, you know, everything was, was clicking. They had trout. They had some of those top prospects coming up that hasn't happened yet. And mm-hmm. for a while, I kind of pushed back against the idea of like the angels were wasting Mike trout's prime. Like I was like, you know what? I, there are good players on bad teams. That happens. But yeah. right now trout's 39 years old or 39, 29 oh years old. I was like, wow. <laughs> what did I do this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Rendon's 30. These guys aren't going to be elite baseball players forever. Yeah. And they have enough talent on the roster right now where they could turn it around pretty quickly, but they got to do that. At some point they have to kind of like make those moves to get there. And it's not like they haven't done so, mm-hmm. but uh, I, th- I think my like bigger, my answer to this question kind of revolves around the way the angels have constructed the roster, their organization. I feel like angels owner Artie Moreno has wanted the team to be good. He wants to make like that quote unquote big splash addition to get mm-hmm. the team over the top, but won't do the other necessary steps together. He won't mm-hmm. build that infrastructure like the Dodgers have, right. the Yankees have to have like that organization-wide depth that can lead to, you know, success. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually, and, and hear me out on this comp, right? So you, you, we, we've just we've just met, most people have done pods with me. I'm known for the crazy uh, comparisons and whatnot, but hear me out. I feel like this, the Angels, the way they build their team is similar to Preller that very first year with the Padres where he brings in Matt Kemp, he brings in Justin Upton, brings in Craig Kimbrell and James Shields, where it's like you got the stars, but literally nothing else. And it's like this whole 
like that's not how you build a baseball team. This isn't fantasy baseball where you just you pluck in and get those good guys. Not to mention those guys aren't as good as even uh, stars as some of the guys in the Angels. So still, but it's like it feels like this team just hasn't been. It's never a team. I feel like the Angels never have their Jake Cronenworth. They never have this guy that comes up from the farm system and is just a randomly very useful player, right? It's almost like they always have to get good by signing people. And that's usually not a good sign with what you're saying, like with organizational building stuff. They don't have a Cronenworth that just comes in and does, does well. You mentioned the Yankees. They don't have a Mike Tauchman or a Gio Urshela, you know what I mean, that just comes in and can make up for your lack of depth and shows, all right, maybe they're not the stars of the team, but they're not going to be liability things to drag down your stars, right? And the Dodgers, they have Chris Taylor. Like these, they, I just feel like the Angels never have that random guy. And I, I'm wondering, like, will they ever have one? Like, what's like, I know Dylan Bundy's been pretty good for them. I assume he's on the team still. I'm just saying that because I don't know what the heck is going to happen with the yeah, team. Yeah, no, he's still on the team um, for now. <laughs> yeah, he's still on the team for now. And Angela Simmons, it's like, all right, he's great, great defensive player. Um, it's just this team that I think secretly, you know, we were talking about the Padres and how it's like very easy to root for them. Everyone's been watching them and stuff. I think a lot of people are rooting for the Angels because a lot of people want to see Mike Trout in the postseason. So it's been really sad to kind of see it all um, – kind of unfold and to, to lead into the next question now um i don't know if you saw i think it was a uh, like last week uh there was this report that mike chart was texting with garrett richards who of course used to be on the the angels and this report where he was like hey that tatis guy man i just i, I love watching him play or whatever and of course padres twitter they were like mike chart san diego confirmed you know <laughs> like all these things i don't know what it would take for them to get mike chart of the team not to mention if they did it probably means they can't sign Tatis immediately. So it's not as golden of an opportunity as it sounds. They'd have to give up basically Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino, CJ Abrams, and then some other guy, right? Like they would have to give up like literally everything for him. But I'm wondering, is it because people said this at the beginning, do they really need to start considering the trade of Mike Trout? Like, do they actually, because it's gotten to a point where they keep trying, they keep trying, but, you're kind of just wasting his career at this rate too. And it's going to be tragic just as all baseball fans are concerned. And also, I mean, if you can get a boatload of prospects and actually start building more of a team, is that better than what they're going through right now? Yeah, this is a question that, you know, I've thought about, you know, for a long time, because for the reasons that you mentioned, Um, but I can't help but look at the Red Sox and their handling of Mookie Betts and how that worked out. And I just feel like trading Trout would be a PR nightmare. And it's just, it's hard to fathom trading a guy who is such a competitive advantage. Like Trout Mm -hmm. is the, like, he's the dude, he's the best player in baseball and trading him immediately just shows your fans that you are not, you're not committed to winning. Like, I think that's kind of as cut and dry as that. But I, on the flip side of that, you think about the fact that Trout's contract is not going to be good. At the end. I mean, yeah. most contracts don't end up being very good at the end. Those, you know, mega, mega deals. So you think about it from that perspective and it's like, well, if you got a bunch of young prospects, if you went and just traded everybody, if you traded Bundy and Fletcher and Simmons and um, Otani, like all these guys, and you did a full blown rebuild, they, they could be in a better spot. I mean, that is, it, it is possible just mm-hmm. based on where they've been at the last five years or so. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Artie Moreno is just too committed to trying to get the fans to show up, putting a decently competitive team on the field. So I, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think that 
that idea has uh, crept in the back of my mind more mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks than I did at any point since <laughs> he signed his big extension before last season. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to happen. I think Trout's the type of guy who's going to end his career with the Angels. But like, as someone who's a fan and covers the team, I, I really do hope that they figure it out at some point so Trout can get back to the playoffs and hopefully win a World Series. Yeah, I mean, it's but it, it's definitely like a fact that it's a question. I mean, this is a guy who is definitely like a future Hall of Famer at this rate. I mean, he's already, if you just look at, you know, not to do the yawn thing, but like at war, right? It's just his thing is at like 78 right now, which is crazy. And how old is he again? Is he 29? 29. He's 29. It's like, all right, maybe you, you best case scenario, he's got like three or four more prime, prime years. This guy's a Hall of Famer, so it's very – it's a tough sell, but I think what you were saying where it shows with the Mookie Betts, I actually slightly disagree with that comparison because at least – because, well, for one thing, they did at least win the World Series with Mookie Betts, right? So you could maybe somehow – oh, my God, hold on one second. Oh, I got scared. I saw I – saw, we could cut this out, but I saw a Bleacher Report – Lindor trade and I got a little nervous. I, I know. I, I saw I, the rumor. Yeah, it's just okay. So it's just a discussion. Okay. <laughs> I got really nervous. Anyway, um, I was like, are we gonna end the call? We gotta go. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go. Um, but I think that with with the Angels, it's like the Red Sox. It feels like they did it because of money release reasons, right? They didn't want to pay him. The Angels did, and if it shows that they're really in this awful spot, you could maybe turn that and be like, hey guys, like we know but literally we just got every best prospect in the game and we decided we would rather not have the hall of fame player. We would rather go for it and actually try and win. You know what I mean? So that it's, it's, I think it's a little bit different because the Red Sox won already and because uh, there's just purely money uh, based reasons. Well, the, the angels that if you're looking at the team right now and being blow it up, then I just don't think that that's as crazy as a take as it could have been uh, a few years ago when it was like, all right, he's still 26. Like there's still time. But now it's like, I mean, that Pujols albatross that you guys still have to deal with, that'll be up soon, hopefully. But uh, it's just, it's not looking great. And I think the most troubling thing has been the fact that Otani just, great hitter though still, which is which is so funny. Like he's still been a great uh, batter for them. But then the arm, I mean, he got blown to smithereens. Not just like Chris Paddock lit up, who hasn't been as great for us uh, to throw in the Padre guy there for a second uh, this year in, in some of his starts, but like a got one out. Did he get one out? It was something crazy. Like, I think he only got like three guys out this season before yeah. it's like, yeah, he can't yeah. pitch anymore. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of like addressing that, all of this stuff and like where the yeah. angels would go from here. Uh, yeah. Take your head, take your time. <laughs> so I Trout's not going to get traded. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I actually think like the flip side of this is actually going to occur. So I don't want to speculate on too much angels GM Billy Epler's in his last year of this contract, but Tony LaRusso is in the front office. There has been a Dave Dombrowski connection rumor in the past. Mm. And you tie that together with Artie Moreno's like his history of wanting to spend and like put a good team out in the field. You're kind of more an old school ish manager and Joe Madden. He's kind of like mm-hmm. has some older ideas at this point. You have all of these like ingredients for like, the angels wanting to go big this off season. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to trade some of their bigger names. I actually think that there's a chance that they try to push more in to try to win going mm-hmm. into next season. I don't know exactly what that looks like, and I don't want to speculate too much on it, but based on Artie Moreno's history with the angels, his willingness to spend in free agency and kind of push all of those chips in, I mm-hmm. could actually see the angels going in the other direction and saying like, all right, we're not winning, but we're going to, 
we're going to keep trying to win with what we have right now. We're going to mm-hmm. trade some prospects for some guys that have more certainty. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work, but I also don't blame them for trying to make the most of what they have left with Trout and Rendon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's scary though. You know what I mean? Cause most teams when they're in this, just keep going forward stage and just in sports in general, it's very rare that something finally clicks by like year six or eight in this case. Right. In the NBA, like it's very rare that the team that's consistently finishes the four or three seed that they just keep going there for years and years. And then they've won the title. It's just very rare. Like the, the Clippers are a good example of that. Right. When they had Chris Ball and Blake Griffin, like they eventually blew it up and now look at them now. So it's kind of a, uh, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't, I don't know what it's uh what they're going to do. Um, do you think that there's any like person that they have right now currently that could get traded by, by the time the Chad deadline happens? So Angleton Simmons seems like the obvious guy. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent at the end of the year. David Fletcher has filled in for Simmons a lot okay. during these injuries mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's actually looked really good. I mean, David mm-hmm. Fletcher is like one of the probably more underrated players in baseball right now. He's a really yeah. good baseball yeah, yeah. player. He's been uh, really good. Bundy obviously makes sense from the perspective that the angels aren't good right now. Mm-hmm. And Bundy's a free agent after next season. So mm-hmm. you could see that happening, but you could also say that Bundy's the best pitcher that they've had in like the last five years. So why, <laughs> yeah. are, you tra- why are you immediately trading a guy that is like your best pitcher yeah. right now? But mm-hmm. he obviously has value on the market. So those two guys probably the most likely. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Yeah. That's basically all I have to say out of the angels. It's, it's kind of sad. It's like one of those teams, you know, that every I think everyone's genuinely rooting for him. We don't want uh, Mike Chat to be the sports version of Dan Marino. This just unbelievable nope. talent that was wasted in in that case, uh, uh, the Miami Dolphins, and just kind of never got his chance. And it really wasn't his fault. And especially in baseball, it is just not his fault that he can't play in the outfield and make the left and right field. It'd be better. I mean, not, not to mention another Albatross contract, the Justin Upton contract. See what I mean? Every time they get the new good guy, it's always like, well, Pujols is officially on his last legs or uh, Upton is officially on his last legs. I mean, the, the numbers on Upton dude was exit velo and like the f- 25th percentile. It's like bad, bad for Justin Upton right now. So still though, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for you guys and wishing you guys good luck. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm hoping for the same thing. <laughs> All right. That was fun, man. Uh, I'll see you next time. All right. See you, man. And zip, zap, zap, zooey, that is it with for uh, my chat with Mr. Brent McGuire. Everybody wish him a warm welcome to the Locked On family. Uh, he's doing a great job over from what I've listened to at Locked On Angels. Definitely check that out, guys. I'll link in the description, as always, where you can follow him and where you can follow the show account. Uh, and it was really fun talking to him, honestly. I really, uh, I, I mentioned in there, I was like, oh, I'm going to cut this out. But I thought it would be kind of funny to just throw in a little behind the scenes of me freaking out that I thought Francisco Lindor get traded but uh yeah i'm excited to watch the game tonight excited to watch the team back and hopefully uh it's projected that mike clevenger is probably going to start one of these angels games i assume tomorrow's game uh so we'll see how that goes but with that all being said guys that about does it for today's edition of the lockdown padres podcast the only pod that may be better than the padres themselves remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, himalaya wherever i don't care just just check it out wherever you get your podcast from it's just that simple and also, if you guys wouldn't mind, maybe go send me some nice reviews on the iTunes app or the Apple Podcast app, whatever you want to call it. Get me, get my rating up a little bit. Boost my ego. Why not? And also, guys, uh, last thing, I'm going to link in the description. I forgot to mention this at the top of the pod, but I actually wrote uh, about Jake Cronenworth, who actually was just named the uh, Rookie of the Month, which was 
awesome. And I wrote about him actually for Friars on Base. Uh, it was my first piece for them, and I'm excited to be contributing a little bit more to them uh, when it comes to Padre stuff. So uh, definitely go check that out. I'll link it in the description below, and I'll link it tomorrow, probably on tomorrow's podcast, just because why not, right? Because after all, we are not Cronin worthy. So, with that all being said, guys, until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.